This is section 88 of Mark Twain Speaking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Remarks as Chairman Lincoln Celebration Benefit of Lincoln Memorial University Carnegie Hall, New York, February 11, 1901 Read by John Greenman there remains of my duties as presiding officer on this occasion two things to do only two one easy the other difficult it is easy to introduce to you the orator of the evening and then to keep still and give him a chance is the difficult task to tell an american audience who henry watterson is is not at all necessary just to mention his name is enough a name like his mentioned to an audience would be like one of those blazing sentiments on the madison square tower just the mention of his name touches the chords of your memory tenderly and lovingly distinguished soldier journalist orator statesman lecturer politician rebel what is better he is a reconstructed rebel always honest always noble always loyal to his confessions right or wrong he is not afraid to speak them out and last of all whether on the wrong side or on the right side he has stood firm and brave because his heart has always been true it is a curious circumstance a peculiar circumstance and it is odd that it should come about that in the millions of inhabitants of this great city two confederates one-time rebels should be chosen for the honorable privilege of coming here and bowing our heads in reverence and love to that honorable soul whom forty years ago we tried with all our hearts and all our strength to defeat and suppress abraham lincoln but are not the blue and the gray one today by these signs we may answer here yes there was a rebellion and we understand it is now closed i was born and reared in a slave state my father was a slave owner before the civil war and i was a second lieutenant in the confederate service for a while oh i could have stayed longer there was plenty of time the trouble was with the weather i never saw such weather i was there and i have no apologies to offer but i will say that if this second cousin of mine henry watterson the orator of the evening who was born and reared in a slave state and was a colonel in the confederate service had rendered me such assistance as he could and had taken my advice the union armies would never have been victorious i laid out the whole plan with remarkable foresight 
and if Colonel Watterson had carried out my orders, I should have succeeded in my vast enterprise. It was my intention to drive General Grant into the Pacific Ocean, if I could get transportation. If I could have had the proper assistance from Colonel Watterson, it would have been accomplished. I told Watterson to surround the Eastern armies and wait until I came up, but he was insubordinate and stood upon the punctilio of military etiquette and refused to take orders from a second lieutenant of the Confederate Army, and so the Union was saved. Now, this is the first time that this secret has ever been revealed. No one outside of the family has known these facts, but they're the truth of how Watterson saved the Union, and to think that up to this very hour that man gets no pension. That's the way we treat people who save unions for us. There ought to be some blush on the cheek of those present this evening, but to tell the truth, we are out of practice. The hearts of this whole nation, North and South, were in the war. We of the South were not ashamed of the part we took. We believed in those days we were fighting for the right, and it was a noble fight, for we were fighting for our sweethearts, our homes, and our lives. Today we no longer regret the result. Today we are glad that it came out as it did. But we of the South are not ashamed that we made an endeavor. We did our bravest best against despairing odds for the cause which was precious to us and which our consciences approved. And we are proud, and you are proud. The kindred blood in your veins answers when I say it. You are proud of the record we made in those mighty collisions in the fields. When the great conflict began, the soldiers from the North and South swung into line to the tune of that same old melody, We are coming, Father Abraham, three hundred thousand strong. The choicest of the young and brave rose up from Maine to the Gulf, went forth to fight and shed their blood under the flag and for what they thought was right. They endured hardships equivalent to circumnavigating the globe four or five times in the olden days. They suffered untold hardships and fought battles night and day. North and South we put our hearts into that colossal struggle, and out of it came the blessed fulfillment of the prophecy of the immortal Gettysburg speech, which said, We here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that a government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. We are here to honor the birthday of the greatest citizen 
and the noblest and the best after washington that this land or any other land has yet produced the old wounds are healed and you of the north and we of the south are brothers again we consider it an honor to be of the soldiers who fought for the lost cause and now we consider it a high privilege to be here to-night and assist in laying our humble homage at the feet of abraham lincoln and in forgetting that you of the north and we of the south were ever enemies and remembering only that we are now indistinguishably fused together and nameable by one common great name americans end of remarks as chairman read by john greenman